Welcome to the Real Deal Podcast. I'm Maddie Marshall, and I am sitting here next to Dynasty's Ryan Greenspan. We are about four weeks out from the first event of the year. Things are ramping up. Lots of moves are being made by teams. In fact, just heard yesterday that Rainey's going to uh, damage. Did you hear that? Um, no, I didn't. Actually, we just saw him yesterday. Or, yeah, Saturday and Sunday. Was Some he over the weekend. Was he, he was at the poker table? No, no, no. He was actually at the field, at the baseball field. And uh, he was there last weekend, too. And playing uh, with the Ironman? I thought so. I mean, <laughs> I was under the impression that, that that was his plan, at least. On Saturday, he was out there just by himself, I think. Uh, we were just running drills, having some fun, and he was out there kind of just mucking around with some of the walk-ons. And I, and I would assume that he was there for the Ironman guys mm-hmm. yesterday. But, um, I mean, we, we expressed interest in picking him up. But uh, When? That weekend? No, no, just we've kind of like mulled over it a little bit just with all the with all the stuff that's been going on with Ironman, all the new pickups. Um, we know, you know, we got Kyle like and Brandon, seeing, you know. Seeing who so. else you could poach from the team? Uh, not necessarily poach. We don't, we're not going to take anybody. We just want to, if, if there's somebody who's unhappy with the, you know, the thing or someone wants to change, then we're going to, obviously, if they're, they're a high caliber player, which Ironman have, you know, we're going to, we're going to go ahead and grab them. But would you, well, like if, would you have taken a Rainey? I mean, you guys are kind of stacked in that position. Yeah, we are, but it Rainey's also, amazing, though. Yeah, Rainey, Rainey's a good player. He's played with us before, you know, and uh, yeah, and and it's a possibility we would have taken him. You know, we we obviously need some of that offense, which we filled up with with Kyle and uh, Brandon. Uh, but there's always room for for some more utility players, um, just because they're just that. You know, you can play, you can put them anywhere, really, uh, especially with the roster sitting at 12 now. So, um, I think it was something we kicked around the idea of. Uh, but you know, we don't have deep pockets like everybody else does, so we're only able to. Get what we can get. Yeah, we're, but but well, again, like I mean, it's not like you're one of the poorest teams in paintball. I mean, you guys have uh, some we're right capital. To, we're to we're down there nowadays. You guys are better funded than well, the here's lower the, ranked teams in the division. Yeah, I mean, we're kind of, I guess you could say. I mean, the the thing is, if a lot of people don't understand, is we don't have a we don't have a guarantor. We don't have an owner who's going to say, "All right, the team's getting to these events, and this is coming out of my pocket." You know, like it's he'll business. get it's it's a business. We own it. Um, we're we're getting there. With the help of our sponsors, which you know we're we're grateful for, um, but every sponsorship dollar that comes in goes straight back out because we have to pay for you know there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, costs that are involved in playing, you know, running a professional team, especially a team like ours where where last year we played in uh, three different leagues, uh, this year we're we're gonna focus on just two, but still you know that's that's twice as many or three times as many in some cases uh, as most other teams out there that are in this this league. So if we had the budget that the Ironman, or if we had the budget that we have now and we were playing in four leagues, just like the Ironman or just like the Russians, then yeah, we'd have, we'd be able to, you know, afford that, those higher, mm-hmm. you know, if we wanted them. Have you thought about playing less leagues and paying the guys out or giving the guys more or having the ability to go after guys you need to go after with that extra capital or is that would you, that get you less from your sponsors or like how do, what do you well well yeah you know that that's an option we've we've definitely thought about it like hey listen why don't we then you know stop spreading ourselves so thin but at the same time you know we're, we're playing for our fans and we're playing for our sponsors you know we're, we're a competitive team by all means and it's still fun for you guys. And, and it's still fun we're out there we're out there like yeah, you know, we're we're people's team. Uh, the people's team. You know, we're not we're not being controlled by a big corporation or or some guy with deep pockets. Mm-hmm. We're out there playing for our sponsor, our sponsors, and in turn for our fans. Because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, that's what's going to take us to the next events. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're playing for some special interest, then you're just going to go to the events that they want you to go to, and you're just going to. That's all you have to do. But 
uh, the reason we're, we're more valuable at some points than, than other teams is because we are able to get out to the larger fan base. We're able to play around the world. Um, and so with that in mind, you know, like, yeah, we could, we could ditch one of the leagues or, you know, we could, we can kind of, uh, pick and choose, but that's going to come at a cost of, of possibly sponsorship dollars and fan base. Mm-hmm. And that's a big thing for us, you know, for, for the last 13 years is we've been, a, we've been a team that's been, been, uh, has been able to give back to our fans around the world by, by going out and reaching out to them mm-hmm. as much as we possibly can. Mm-hmm. Where's your favorite place to play like around the world? Um, you know, that's tough to say. Uh, Just so everyone has a reference, we're sitting in Ryan's room, which is filled <laughs> with trinkets from all around the world. There's the elephants. I know you really like elephants. <laughs> I've, of, I've switched to masks. Tons of elephants. I thought Yosha's thing was masks. Yeah, I know. And I saw, I saw his room. You've been to his room. Yeah, uh, it looks way scary. cooler. You know, it's kind of scary. But I, I well, think some that, uh, of, well, there's a couple of them that are like the that are super scary. There's a couple of them that look like they're out. Like you could just make a horror movie by taking mm-hmm. all the masks mm-hmm. that Yosh has. And those are all like different characters. Yeah. A girlfriend of mine told me specifically, don't do that. Cause that'll be scary. But I, you know, I put a couple up and they look kind of neat. I'm, I'm not going to overdo it, mm-hmm. but you know, you got to have something from, you know, when you, when you travel to a new place and, uh, at some point in time, I'm going to get older and I'm going to be able to put these things in elsewhere in the house rather than just in my room. So, mm-hmm. so, so it won't you're going to have a badass <laughs> study one day, dude. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm going to call it. That's exactly what it is. Gonna be gonna a study. study. Uh, it's I'm going to have books and all these like yeah, antique, cool things, little like that. trinkets from around the world. Mm-hmm. Right now, I just have magazines and <laughs> stacked on top of you each and other. Oliver. I could totally see having like like seeing you guys when you're like 50, and then you know we start talking about what you've been up to recently and you're like, oh, I just got back from Africa. This this femur is actually it's uh it's a Shaka Zulu's femur and like I could just totally see you guys having some. You know it's, it's funny about that because uh I was just up in uh Aspen uh you know for the Winter Africa games hanging out with a, a friend of mine and uh and she was telling me how she makes these really cool art artistic things out of uh old ca- uh, cow skulls that you mount up and they're really cool. She puts decorations all over them. She's, she's constantly, she's like, Oh, I'm looking for all these like old fashioned things or, or vintage stuff to, to put onto them to make them decorative. And I was like, Oh, it's funny because would you ever be interested in like hippo teeth or I have some lion's teeth, like <laughs> funny things like that, that I just have just sitting around that, <laughs> that we bought at some black market in, in Africa one time. Uh, I got like a bunch of hippo teeth necklaces and like I got a, uh, a couple like full, full on lions, like fangs. Uh, and you I have those right now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I, I sent I sent the hippo teeth, a couple of them, and, and, a, and a lion's tooth out there to, for her to fasten onto some cool little uh, um, cow skull thing mm-hmm. that uh, she does. They're, they're pretty neat. But uh, it's funny that you said that because I have funny little trinkets like just all over the place that are just um, sitting around, and I don't know exactly what to do. With them. <laughs> <laughs> How was the Winter X Games? Uh, it was really cool. That was the first time I've been to an X Games event. Um, seeing the stuff live is 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 pretty amazing. I mean, what those guys can do. Uh, now, mind you, you're standing out in the cold and everything, so it's it's a little uncomfortable, and you you do have to wait. Like all those commercial breaks when you're watching like a Kia commercial or or some sort of silly like Dodge Ram this and that. Uh, you're freezing. Your I'm balls sitting off. there waiting for the guy to do his next run, <laughs> and obviously when they're doing those super pipe events, the guy starts up, you know, several hundred yards up the pipe. And so you see a speck flying through the air. And then all of a sudden, next thing you know, like he'll be closer to you. But when you're watching on TV, you got the slow motion, you got the replays. Uh, there is one big jumbotron, but, uh, it, but it, at the same time, like when Sean White 
hucks an air 24 feet out of the super pipe and then does all these crazy flips and spins. It's just unreal. Mm-hmm. You know, how's the experience itself up there? Uh, it's really cool, you know, but honestly, uh, paintball events are a lot, I mean, crowd wise, they're not as big, but paintball events, as far as like the venues and the, and the actual vendor area are, are so much better. Uh, I thought that this, mm-hmm. I, I was actually pretty disappointed with the, the X games, the little X fest area that they had, mm-hmm. which was like, a, co- like a combination of maybe six or seven vendors booths and they were just giving out like free samples and whatnot. You know, Red Bull had a big, uh, tent. There was a big GoPro tent, but they were just kind of showing products and there wasn't a lot of stuff. There's no interaction. You know, when you go to a paintball f- place, a paintball event, like world cup, for instance, mm-hmm. you know, I'd like to, I'd like to kind of think that the X games is almost like the world cup. You could, you could almost say, mm-hmm. or, uh, or, or at a big event, there's a huge trade show, uh, hundreds of vendors, like thousands of people, um, and this thing didn't have that. It didn't have, it just had big stages and scaffolding with logos around it, you know, mm-hmm. and there was that one little X fest area, but I, if I was cold, I couldn't buy a beanie, you know, I couldn't, uh, I couldn't buy a GoPro camera if I wanted one. Like mm-hmm. that's, that's something that they should, they should be demoing things. There should be demos for the people that are snowboarding on the mountain. Cause it was held at the mountain. Um, there should be things going on mm-hmm. that you can kind of interact with. And there really wasn't. I mean, I got a free pencil from Staples when I walked. Through. <laughs> so you basically go up there, stand in the cold and look at little dots fly around doing little baby spins from a distance. Well, I was actually lucky enough to, uh, one of my friends actually works for the X game. So I got, I got some passes um, and I was able to stand on the super pipe and I got kind of like really close to some of those dudes doing the backflips on the motorcycle and the uh, snowmobiles. Uh, and all that cool stuff, <clears throat> and a couple of the guys from from the Die Snow team were there, uh, Miko and Roy and stuff. So I got to kind of hang out with them, and they had a bunch of riders running around in there. So it was a, it was a really cool experience, you know. And and it was f- it's free entry, so anybody can go and watch that sort of thing. It's, it's a lot, like I said, a lot like paintball. Mm-hmm. Um, and the only difference is it's televised. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, there's there's a there's a bunch of different things going on, so you can go and watch one thing, and you can go watch another. But uh, it wasn't as big as I thought it was going to be, you know. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, that's interesting. And, and, but and Aspen itself is an Aspen, right? Yeah. And Aspen itself was like, you were telling me it was a pretty cool experience. Oh, Aspen's awesome. It's a, uh, it's a pretty ritzy little town. You know, I was like, I'd walk down the street <clears throat> and we were going to get lunch or something like that. And you walk by uh, an art gallery. And then there was this one place we walked by and there was, there was a, look like a Tyrannosaurus Rex head fossil mm-hmm. in the thing. We're like, oh, let's look at this place. And I was like kind of looking around. There's like little fossils everywhere and crystals. And the guy's like, oh, yeah, this is a, this piece right here is a granite slab of a sea fan that was fossilized millions and millions of years ago. And I was like, oh, really? Well, you know, what size, what, what does one of these things run? And he goes, oh, this piece is $475,000. <laughs> and I was like, oh, all right. Do you have something like I was looking for maybe a crystal from one of my buddies, Oliver? Uh, you got anything in like the ten, twenty dollar range? <laughs> you know. But you walk by these art shows and these galleries and these things, and it's like tens of thousands of dollars. And then all of a sudden, there's a snowboard shop. You know, <laughs> and it's like art gallery, art gallery. Uh, you know, fur coats. There's, I've never seen so many fur coats. I didn't think people still wore those things, but mm-hmm. in Aspen, you got it. if you're if you're a if you're a lady. A woman, you have to wear a fur coat or some sort of fur, real fur item. That, I guess that's, that's the, like that's what's that's trending. The thing, you know, that's like you know the scene in in, in Dumb and Dumber when he's coming down that that the hotel. He's coming out of his you know that nice chalet hotel thing, and mm-hmm. he's walking down. And he's got those furry boots, and he's got the tights on, and he's got all high fashioned out. Lamborghini pulls up. That is Aspen. That's actually the epitome <laughs> of Aspen. Uh, it was pretty funny, you know. Lift tickets are you know 140 bucks a day or something yeah. silly like that. Um, just rich people's playground. Yeah. Just rich people's playground. Um, but luckily, like I said, my buddy worked for the, uh, 
X Games, so I got I got, you got hooked up. up. I just kind of rode the coattails of the, of the rich people. I wonder where, because you know, like in Tahoe, you have the the glitzier side of Tahoe and then Mammoth too, you know, you have the resort, but then you have like, where do all the people that work for those resorts, where do they live? Because all the service industry people in those mountain towns are crazy and awesome and fun as hell to hang out with. Yeah, so there's, there's got to be, be there's just gotta be crazy another, there's debauchery be going on, like just uh, steps away. You know, it's funny is we went to one uh, after party, um, one of the one of the little after parties, and you had to sign a waiver to get in. You had to sign a waiver. <laughs> sign a waiver, yeah. Uh, I've never I've never had to do that in my in my <laughs> years of yeah. You've never there, had to sign there, anything like, to go. Were there knife jugglers there or so? No, like, no. There was a, there was a little remote control or not remote control like a little. Power Wheels car, um, so that was kind of fun. I mean, I drove that thing around. I bumped it into some stuff, but I didn't see anything that warranted needing a waiver. I suppose if someone were to get too drunk or something, they could fall down the stairs. Or I, I don't. I, that's smart. Was we should have like, waivers for our house. As a matter, you know. <laughs> think about it. Was it? <laughs> I sign this before you come in. We're gonna put you. Uh, on file. you're not like, allowed to come in here. And you have to need to sign this waiver. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that bottle. Yeah, sign right there. Yeah, no, it's so that was that was that was a first. That was pretty funny. But you know, it was a super nice house. You know, it should have said, I'm going to take Bowl a bowl party. Like, is it super corporate? So corporate now for the, the parties you have to sign a waiver to get in? No, no, it wasn't even Monster sponsored by anybody. But the guy, the guy had a, like a badge and everything. The guy was a, a serious, there was some big, big security guard. I wasn't going to argue with him. I was like, yeah, hey, uh, I wasn't, you know, kind of try to play it cool. Like I'd been there before kind of thing. And <laughs> I was like, hey, what's up? Yeah. Oh, like yeah so I'll sign it again. No problem. <laughs> I signed, I signed it the other night too. You know? <laughs> yeah. So how many places have you gone in, uh, what's your off season been like? Uh, you know the off season. This has been the 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 mellowest off season I've had. I as soon as no shark diving, no shark diving, no no skydiving, no skydiving, nothing too crazy. I was in Australia. Well, actually, we went to Malaysia with the team. Uh, we were there for the week. That was pretty fun. We did some you know some cool little what's island Malaysia touring. like? Malaysia is really awesome. Uh, it's kind of an in between because you get when you go to Asia, you get like you get the there's a the east and the western Asia, and then there's the south, southern Asia, because like, which one's like a lot more tropical. And then, so we flew through Tokyo, and that's super clean. It's one of the largest cities in the world. Uh, we spent a yeah, day it was there. Like Twenty five million. Yeah. When I went to Tokyo. It was just it was. I, I was amazed astounding. at how not only how big it it is, uh, and you could you could tell that just by when you get on the subway, it takes forever to get one side to the other, mm-hmm. but how clean everything is. It, it's oh, it's so unbelievable. Clean. You know? It's almost like it. it, it I remember. Being out in Tokyo at like four o'clock in the morning once mm-hmm. with some of the local guys we were with, and I remember looking around and thinking like, "It's so clean here. Like, when do the little robots come out and start scrubbing yeah. everything? Because how do they get it so meticulously yeah, nice?" Yeah, I've, all the I've time? never seen any. You got to think of like, if if you know, for for those who are listening, you know, if you if you go into any of the city, any city that you live at, live near, go to the cleanest, nicest area of that city, and the whole entire twenty-four million. Uh, person population of Tokyo, that whole uh, metropolis, mm-hmm. is cleaner than that street. You know, well, well, that's like when you go to New York. One of the things that I don't think you quite get about a place because you don't get like even here in San Diego, we don't really get this. It depends on where you're at, but I mean, New York has a smell. Like mm-hmm. there's so there's so much, and, and it, it, like in a space of a block, you'd be walking down a block in New York City in Manhattan, 
And in, in one step, you'll smell bagels. The next step, you'll smell mm -hmm. somebody smoking a cigarette. The next step, you'll smell pizza. pizza. The next step, you'll smell garbage. The next yeah. step, you'll smell some bum. Like there's yeah. the next step, it's perfume from some yeah. chick. Because there's you know, and what then I'm and then depending on the temperature, you get like down the down the alleyways, you'll get this wafts. I was in Philly, the same thing. You, you just get that TJ get this waft. just weird, just an <laughs> awful funk. smell every so often, you know. And Mardi it's like, Gras smells like that. Yeah, Mardi Gras. That's God. happening right now. Yeah, um, but it was like, uh, but the thing about Tokyo that's interesting is that. The reason why to like Tokyo is a very modern city, mm -hmm. and the reason why is because um, we firebombed the <laughs> shit out of it in World War II. Like we burnt basically Tokyo to the ground in uh, like I think it was 1945. Yeah, that was that was when we burnt down their matchstick buildings. Yeah, because they're all wooden paper. Mm -hmm. And then so when they rebuilt the entire city of Tokyo, and obviously it's grown a lot <clears> since <throat> then, but it, it's just it's it's interesting because then you go to New York and you see these really kind of like or even Europe yeah, grimy too, like, like a grimier yeah it's a, it's it's a much cleaner more modern feel like you said you know yeah um but malaysia but malaysia so you know we we stopped in there and you get that that's the that's the feeling basically what we just explained is is that's that's tokyo and i've been to hong kong same thing you get that really cool modern uh smell that feel the this the vibe from there and then you go over to southeast asia and you're just getting that kind of grime a little bit mm -hmm. um uh kuala lumpur has got a really nice uh, city, it's a, it's huge, but it's still that it's like a really hustle and bustle. It seems like it's still out of like an Indiana Jones movie, <laughs> is what you're getting. You know, did, did like you have a little Asian kid run up and like offer well, to be your sidekick for the entire adventure? Uh, they don't. They should have. They should offer that. You know, well, I'm sure that there's some parts in Thailand that do that, but but that's not that we're not really into that sort of thing. <laughs> um, but in, in Malaysia, you know, you you get that kind of grimy feel, and everybody's trying to hustle you. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, you want to buy this? You want to do this? You want to buy this? You want to go here? You want to go? No, it's like, oh, God, stop, please. Um, but we were actually on the island for the World Cup Asia. Uh, those guys do a really, throw really good events, the PAL series guys. Um, for, so for World Cup Asia, we went up to a, um, Langkawi Island, which is, you know, up on the northern coast. Mm -hmm. uh, and it was beautiful. Did you have to take a boat there? Uh, you, we, we flew in. You can fly right in. Okay. I suppose you could take a boat, but <clears throat> it's a, it's a, just a you know archipelago of of a bunch of little islands, and um, uh, it was really cool. There's so many little attractions you can do. You know, we went jet skiing one day because we don't play. You don't play because it's all indoor. You don't play until the pros didn't until like our first game was 9 p.m. So we'd sleep in, go get breakfast. Love those events. <laughs> yeah, I love those events. <clears throat> and we're done at you know our last game one one night was midnight, but mm -hmm. whatever. You know, and we just went out and kind of like hung out after that. But. Uh, it, it was that that island was so cool. There's so much to offer. There's like this big sky tram. There's this bat cave. Um, actual bats. There were actual bats. We actually didn't get to go in there though, unfortunately, because Oliver said that he doesn't like. But he's been to so many bat caves before in his life that he didn't want to be bothered taking the taking us over there because uh, we're not gonna have a good time. So, um, dude, bats. Have, I think like other than rodents have the most amount of viruses and bacteria that they can like there we spread go. to human I'm, beings. I'm, I'm kind of stuck. I still something? want to. No, actually, I never get sick. That's true. But um, uh, I feel like if you go there, you might be able to build up some antibodies. I feel like <clears> I'm <throat> immune to anthrax because we played at SE Village so much, and that used to be a cow farm. Farm and anthrax, I think, comes from like cow some shit, sort of byproduct yeah, of, like this, of like a methane mixed like with 
the mud and Essie Village. And all that nasty funk that you just get in your skin from diving around It would around be in interesting to see the other people who played there all the time and how they're doing, because I, fe- I feel like there's been a couple kids who've come away with staph infections. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't Johnny have a staph infection? Johnny Bursite? Uh, bursitis or something in his elbow. He may have. Staph. Yeah. So, so Oliver wouldn't take you guys to the back. So cave. we wouldn't go to the back cave, but we went to like, you know, we took this uh, with the impact guys. We, who <clears throat> um, were pretty close with all of last year and, and even before then. Uh, we took some island tours and, and things like that. And Bart and Jeff kind of took us around. Were, did you ever find yourself in, like, what's, I just think, like, sometimes you, know, you find yourself in those shady situations when you're off on the road in, mm-hmm. like, a third world country. Yeah, yeah. What's, like, the shadiest situation you've ever been in before? Oh, well, I mean, Oliver and I, or I'm sorry, Yoshi and I went to Central Africa one time in Gabon uh, in in Central West Africa. Mm-hmm. Uh we were kind of held up at gunpoint there. They're asking for our passports. First of all, <clears throat> a common mis- misconception for travelers is uh, bring your passport everywhere you go. No, 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 no. no. <clears throat> you lock your passport away somewhere in your hotel or you hide it somewhere because you don't want to have it on you because if you lose your passport uh, while you're out doing whatever you're or if someone screwed, steals you, you're, you're screwed. Shape form. You're you know, have fun. stuck there for a couple extra days. Yeah, exactly. Uh, that's best case scenario, you know? Yeah. Uh, well, and any third world country where there, there's a guy with a gun that's asking for your passport, like to make sure you're American citizen, uh, there's no, no no situation in any of those that a twenty dollar bill can can't fix. Yeah. You know, like listen, I don't have it with me. Oh, you're gonna take me to jail? Here's twenty bucks. Okay, cool, thanks. I'm yeah. on my way. Always remember this. Yeah. The password is can't. Well, do you have to take me to jail, or can I just pay the fine to you? Yeah. <laughs> um, it works oh, in Mexico. Oh, you're gonna take me to, oh, to pay works. the fine in jail? Okay, well, I'll just pay you. All right, perfect. perfect. All right, no problem. <laughs> Here's Forty you bucks. There you go. Yeah, and always separate your cash. If you're, oh, at, all I got is twenty bucks. Yeah, like if okay. you're ever in Tijuana and you get pulled over and the cops like, yeah, you ran a stop sign, and then in your mind you're like, there, no, I definitely didn't just run a stop sign. Yeah. He's gonna say, look, I can, I'm gonna take you to jail and you have to mm-hmm. pay a fine. You immediately respond with, can I just pay you the fine? And then you're good to go after <laughs> you're that. Good to go. Forty bucks and you're out of there. Yo, right. Yost one time had to pay. I think it was thirty bucks in a case of paint. <laughs> we did we did one of those trips and we kind of we every border stop we gave him a bottle of wine. Oh, here's a bottle of wine. Just you know, we're just gonna go on a surf trip. But um, <laughs> but two buck chuck, right? Two buck chuck. Yeah, it's two dollars. <laughs> they didn't know that. Uh, but yeah, back to back to like the the shady situations. Yeah, we, yeah, yeah, we've been held up there. I think once before in Malaysia there was some there was like Wait, a little so bit. So tell of me roast. more about this holdup. Like what did you get? They robbed? stopped. No, no, it was it was they were like military. Well, they were dressed in military clothing. Who knows, you know? But they had Uzis. <laughs> from what from what I can see from you know all the movies that I've watched, they was an Uzi. Uzis. <laughs> Uzis. Like those could be the <laughs> plural. I, I feel like those are the most the- inaccurate and like least conventional weapon that you'd want to use if you're like ever in a firefight or like oh gosh i gotta take this guy down like let me shoot this uzi from the hip you know unless it's like a low level of a zombie video game <laughs> yeah. and I'm, I'm in the war chest mm-hmm. i'm not picking an uzi for my gun yeah, you know? yeah. Uh, give me the m4 give me like a battle rifle exactly or like some sort of some sort semi-automatic of, shotgun yeah, rifles like, yeah there's yeah uzi would not mm-hmm. be my pick so these guys had and then you could tell that they've been well used and well because you can always tell like third world weapons when when you when you go by like little checkpoints or you go through like you go see some guys or like standing on the road you could tell how well used that gun is and therefore possibly not well maintained by how the uh, the the black metal yeah the, the, the rub the, off of the it. rub and yep. it's now like a shinier yep. or like a gunmetal color glim- glim- it, it kind of glistens in the light. yeah yeah because uh, that means that that gun, that someone's, that thing's seen some serious miles because someone's been gripping it for who knows how long before, mm. you know, the last guy did, and and it's probably been fired. I don't know if it's got any kills on it, but <laughs> you know, it's definitely been cycled several times because the the black 
aluminum finish is now rubbed off to like a that silvery color, you know, the gunmetal color, uh, which is pretty funny. So, yeah, I guess that's something we never really get nervous. So I never do, just because. I mean, they're not actually pointing them at us. They just have them just in case. I don't know if I try to run off or I don't give them. I don't know exactly what they're. Mm-hmm. It's an intimidation factor. Uh, obviously, I've never been in a, in a real shootout or anything. So, but uh, but we've definitely been around a, a bunch of younger. I don't know if they're well trained, but poor, probably poorly trained third world soldiers with with holding uh, deadly weapons before <laughs> asking us questions. Like, all right. <laughs> yeah. No. For sure. So. All right. So that's pretty shady. Mm-hmm. What else? Um, what other shady situations have I been yeah. in? Um, you know, we we've actually, you know, knock on wood, we've we've been pretty fortunate and pretty lucky in our our travels and and whatnot to never really been. We've never been mugged. Uh, what about all know? the activities you've done? Any time where you were like, oh, this is this could be bad? Uh, well, we were in Africa and we were doing like uh, obviously the, the great white shark diving uh, was. Obviously, it could go bad. Uh, we were in like a, the cage, but there was no top on the cage. It was kind of like they kind of goes on the side of the boat. So we're, sometimes we're completely submerged, and sometimes we're holding onto the cage. Like you never know. Like if if a shark jumped in there, you we'd probably be eaten or drowned. Um, we went skydiving out there, and that was that was pretty interesting. Um, we've gone through. <clears throat> this is a funny thing about Central Africa again. Is is Everybody loves to tell you when you go to a country, like if you go, especially if you go to Australia. The Australians love to talk about this. Oh, we're the most dangerous. We got the most dangerous everything. Oh, we, you know, you can, you could go walk through that bush and you'll never come back because something will bite you or eat you or hey, blah blah blah. Australia does have some True. gnarly poisonous. But every country stalking the earth. Every country likes to tell you, oh, you should see the snakes here. It's the most dangerous snake in the world. We got the most dangerous this. It's like okay, guys, you know, we get it, but. We're well, it's in, like everywhere you go to, they can all drink you under the table. Yeah, I know. Yeah, and we'll drink you under the table, and we'll do this and that. Okay, 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 okay. You know, <laughs> cool. <laughs> Let's do it. I guess. Like, yeah, yes, I want to go to the serpent farm, and I want to see the snakes. And yes, I want to do this. I want to do all that cool stuff. Yeah. I don't want to see them in the wild. But uh, uh, they take us to this this snake farm, and it was like it wasn't really a snake farm. It was on this military base, and it was the snakes that they have to like train the military people in. In I'm talking talking Central Africa, <clears throat> you know, like. This is how you capture this, and this is this is what this cobra looks like, and this is what the gaboon pit viper looks like. These are gnarly looking snakes, and the guy who's kind of walking us through is one of our paintball buddies, and he's like, "Oh yeah, let me take the top off the cage and try to hit them." He's hitting these cobras in the head with his snake, this <laughs> stick, you know, and it's like, what? I like, and I, I remember seeing some National Geographic thing. Anybody who's seen the snake thing is like, oh, this, the cobras can go, you know, they're eight feet long and they can jump twice their body length. Some crazy nonsense. Spit, poisonous spit, venom. Yeah, spit venom. And I'm looking at this guy. He's leaning over this cage, and the and the, the the little the little terrarium is only like three feet deep. So if this thing wanted just to jump jump out and go on a rampage, it would take us all down. Yeah. And there was three of them in here, and he's trying to get them to fan up for us so we could take a cool picture, you know. Uh, and <laughs> I'm like, hey man, it's cool. It's really yeah. We, this is before Instagrams. Uh, and he's like, we're like, hey man, it's cool. Like. <laughs> You don't have to do this because if you get bit, I'm out that door. You know, like <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, so that was pretty funny. So they show us all these gnarly snakes, and then flash forward, uh, fast forward a couple of days, and they're like, "Okay, we're gonna go play paintball out in the bushes over there." And I'm like, and and, and we're looking at the like the little in the terrariums, by the way. Uh, all this habitats they live in. It's like, oh, this one likes to live in the tall grass. This one likes to live in the the brown leaves. It was the gaboon pit viper and it looks like a bunch of leaves except its head i think it's got the the longest fangs out of any the biggest fangs out of any serpent (laughs) in uh in the world 
And they're like, you guys stand over this that pile, pile of trees over there. That's where you and Yoshi are going to start. Uh, <laughs> and we're going to go start over there in the, the, the low grass over there. And Yoshi and I are like, no, not a chance. You know, they're like, oh, don't worry about the snakes. They're more scared of you than you are of them. I'm like, no, no, you don't know how scared I am right now. <laughs> no one knows that is that no one knows that for sure. Some snake might be like, ah, I don't want to like kill somebody today. That's why they slither off. I don't know mm-hmm. if they're scared of me, but I know that that I can't really see them. They can see me and they can kill me. You know, those are the three things that are going through my mind. Like well, what if he gets scared and goes the wrong way or something and he runs into me and bites me? Like, we're out in the middle of Central Africa. I'm not, there's no anti-venom out here. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not being saved. Like, we're out in the middle of nowhere. This guy, I'm that sure. one eight-step viper. Yeah, you know, and so Yoshi and I are like, you know, we'd take two steps and like shoot shoot the ground a couple times like all around us and then we'd take another couple steps and shoot the ground. Like, hopefully this thing will just jet out of here. Did you guys have northern, or snakes up in Northern California? Yeah, you got rattlesnakes. And I mean, like, I'm not going to say that those are weak snakes, you know, but you can, you can get bit by one of those things and walk to the doctor, you know, and you might have a swollen foot. It's like a bad bee sting. I don't know if I'm allergic, but in the same time, I'm not going to go try and like try to get bit and see what happens. Um, but these, these snakes in like these other countries are no joke, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh, oh yeah. I mean, a rattlesnake. Yeah. And then it'll, it'll rattle like, hey, don't come over here. I'm going to bite you, you know? Yeah. No, I mean, <laughs> well, the thing with the rattlesnake, I mean, it is a dangerous snake and you can't die from it, mm-hmm. but... Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I remember because I grew up. I grew up on a canyon. Yeah, filled with rattlesnakes. Oh yeah, yeah. There's filled with rattlesnakes. The golf course right I by your house is like tons science. of rattlesnakes, rattlesnakes growing snakes. up. Yeah. Like, I remember being like five when I first time I saw a rattlesnake or saw my dad kill a rattlesnake, and I was in the canyon, and I was like had to go get my soccer ball or something, and I was coming back up from the canyon, and I stepped over this little rock and looked down, and there was a baby rattlesnake like right underneath my feet, just like, singing, like, just yeah, like looking up at me, and I'm like, oh my god, jump over it, run up, and I'm you know young, so I'm like, oh dad, there's a snake down there, and he's like, come with me, <laughs> and he kind of walks up to the snake, and he's like, I'm like, yeah, there it is right there, and he looks at it, and he was like shoveling a hole in the backyard, or just, like, working with a shovel or something. <laughs> already had a shovel, right already ready. had a shovel in his hand, you know, and he you know just like just pops sweating in the backyard working, and he's just like, oh yeah, boy, come with me, and he like walks up on the snake. He's like, that's a rattlesnake. I'm like, it is? And he's like, yeah, those are those will kill you. And then he just chops its head off with the, <laughs> with the shovel. Chops its head off with the shovel, takes the body, chucks it into the canyon, grabs the um, grabs the the uh, the actual mm-hmm. head of it, puts it aside, digs a, brings it down the canyon, digs a giant ass hole, puts the head in the, the hole, and puts up. He's like, that's what you do when you see rattlesnakes around the house. And I was like, all right, <laughs> okay, there we go. <laughs> Starting young to be protected. Yeah. yeah. There was uh, a time that I came home from school one time. And I was getting a glass of water, and I was just looking out in my front yard, and we had this stupid-ass cat growing up. This cat was so retarded. And so, like, I take – so this cat had a baby rattlesnake in its mouth, throwing its head around. I run out because this cat was – like, I'm, it, I almost crashed my car twice because of this snake – or because of this, this stupid-ass cat. <laughs> so I run out, and I separate the snake from the, um, from the cat. The cat runs away. And now I have a rattlesnake sitting, you know, and I, I'm like, oh, I look around for a shovel, can't find one. And I know for all the animal rights people out there, and I'm one of those people, like, yeah, you're now, you know, now find a rattlesnake. But I, my rule is, like, anything around the house that's poisonous that could hurt myself or one of my mm-hmm. friends or family has to die. Bra- sure. Black or brown little spiders, rattlesnakes, like, if it's by the house and it's poisonous, it's got to die. Was this about to be your first kill? Uh, no, I'd killed rattlesnakes uh, okay, before. So this is one... I was, like, 15 at the time. I'd killed, oh, okay. killed a ton of rattlesnakes gotcha. at this point. So, um... So this rattlesnake sitting there, and I'm like, oh, there's no shovel. There's no, I can't find anything to chop its head off with. So I'm looking around, and then I realize that my car is right there. It's now slithering underneath my tire, and I have my keys in my pocket. 
<laughs> what would you it's do? It's like Mortal Kombat, you know? It's like, like uh, finish him, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so I jump in the car, back over the rattlesnake, <laughs> smash it, get out of the car, and I was like, successful, all right. Save the cat, kill the rattlesnake. I'm going to go back to drinking my glass of water. There you go. There <laughs> you go, save homework. the cat. Even though it was a stupid cat. Yeah, uh, that cat was... I, I hated that cat. <laughs> yeah. Um, so... Yeah, that's playing paintball in Southern California and just dealt with a lot of rattlesnakes. Mm-hmm. We actually had a a, um, a little shotgun at the field that I grew up like refing at from like 15 to 17, and it was had snake charmer engraved on the side of it. <laughs> <laughs> little poor Ted. Yeah, those those uh, I mean, a lot of people don't you know get snakes and poisonous snakes around there where they are, but you know what? Even at uh, at Pendleton, they'll find them and. A lot of them like they like to live underneath the bunkers, and you know, that'll really ruin your day if you're trying to fill up some fill up the field, and you know you move a bunker, and all oh, that guy was sleeping, and now he's now he's pissed, and he bites you, and now you're pissed, and you're not allowed to kill it, and you're like, oh great, you know, hope you don't get anybody else. I'm gonna go to the hospital. So, yeah. you know, there's a fine line. You know, you, you don't want to just kill it for sport. No, I'm not hunting rattlesnakes yeah. to kill. But um, but at the, at the same time, you know, if you're in danger, you gotta you gotta you gotta take them down. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> there was. Uh, <coughs> Davey Williamson, mm-hmm. I saw him do the most athletic thing I've ever seen any human being do in planet Earth to this day. <laughs> and it was, uh, we were actually making Camp Pendleton's paintball field. Like for an entire summer, all we did was just go to the field Monday through Friday and get a machete and just hack away at the wilderness <laughs> to make the first Camp Pendleton paintball field. Sure. And uh, it was me, Dave Williamson, and our buddy who played on our team with us. And and uh, it was lunchtime, so I come up to Davey, and I'm like, hey, it's lunchtime, you know? And he'd been cutting this huge trail down this section of reeds, and he made it pretty far down. So he's like, he looks up at me, says, okay, and he starts walking towards me. And I see him plant off the thin air, like there's a box there, <laughs> and then jump, planting off the thin air. Like, I watched this happen in front of me. Like, I, maybe it was an optical illusion of the way his body mechanics were working at that particular time, but it looked like he planted off the thin air, jumped off of it, and ran as fast as he could to me like he saw a ghost on the <laughs> ground and and he gets up to me panning and i'm like dude are you okay what what was that all about and he's just like it's a giant snake back there and i'm like okay because davies hate snakes like he's afraid <laughs> of snakes so walk up on it and i can't see and we we're out there every day you know eight right. out, eight ten hours a day and we had you know you know we'd seen a couple of snakes at that point some couple rattlesnakes we can't rattlesnakes on the paintball field so I look at it and I and I'm like, oh man, I, it looks like a rattlesnake, and so I find out where its head is and I cut its head off and then I pick it up, I pick the you know pick the back of it up and it was a gopher snake. It was a giant, huge gopher snake. So I felt super bad about oh. that. Yeah, I still to this day feel bad about that actually. Oh, I'll call the, I'll I'll count that as uh, as Davy's fault. All right, so let's talk about the team. <laughs> yeah, I blame Davy Winchell for that. So how do you feel about the team? I feel pretty good, you know. Like I always like to go into the season with a with with a good feeling and everything. And and we got some, uh, <clears throat> you know, we just had our first official official practice last weekend, um, and it was great. You know, we everybody played well. Everybody had a great time. You know, uh, and that's a good thing when when we get some new guys on the team uh, with Brandon and Kyle and stuff. We want to make sure that <clears throat> they're integrated. And they come in. They feel they feel at home. You know, and I, I feel I feel like they they all had a good time. Uh, and they, they kind of integrate into our system. And, and Rusty did a really good job of, of getting the guys, and he's doing a really good job so far, just even over the last, just this weekend, and, and, and staying in contact with us uh, over the last couple of days and just asking, you know, 
what do you guys feel like you need to work on? What is everybody, what's, I want everybody to tell me one thing you want, you want to work on. I want to do this. I want to do that. And so Rusty's handling everything really well, like the whole transition, you know, cause we only had him as, as a coach for the two events at the end of the, or the end of last year, really. Um, and so he's taking on the role as coach, uh, really, really well. Uh, the guys that we picked up and, and everybody else that's on the roster is having, is all really upbeat. We had a really fun practice. We only played against ourselves, a bunch of one-on-ones, a bunch of, you know, drills and this and that. And it was pretty cool. You know, uh, Brad was out there filming. We got Cassidy, uh, the HK guys are, are, are totally behind us, giving us all the, you know, the gear that we need to win. Uh, and they're going to be doing some stories on you guys. They're doing year. a story right now. Cassidy started filming last weekend. They're going to do like a, like almost like a hard knocks training camp. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not exactly sure how they're planning on, on releasing it. If they're going to do it, uh, bi-weekly or they're going to just do one big one at the end of the, uh, Towards, towards the end of the practice before the first event. Mm-hmm. I haven't really talked to him exactly what their plans are with that, but it, it, it seems pretty cool. You know, he's got, he's, he's not just filming like the, the mashups that he does. Uh, Cause we were talking about some of the, some of the different ways he's doing things and some of the ideas. Uh, and you know, he's famous for doing those really cool fast paced uh, at the end of every event, you're going to get a cool mashup of a rat, you know, fun song to listen to and, and just cool shots from everything. You know, Cassie is an awesome job of that. Amazing. So now he's going to be able to do, uh, you know, yeah, you know, spread spread his wings a little bit and I'm and show show like badass. the the behind the scenes of of this is what <laughs> Dynasty's doing. You know, so he's got a couple camera angles. He's got like a the the good mic on this camera. Uh, yeah, so you're gonna be able to hear what coming out of our mouths. You know, you're gonna hear uh, Oliver and I arguing with each other, and Alex and I arguing with each other. That and never happens. No, no, it never really happens. <laughs> That's because there's always music over the top of it. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I. I've I've said this for years, but it is so entertaining to go to a dynasty practice because just listening to you, Oliver, you, Oliver, and Alex bicker with each other like Mm -hmm. brothers, like, and then having Yosh be kind of like you know trying to. It's just hilarious. Like it's like a little mini. Yosh never steps in unless it's completely like there's unless there's something that's like okay, just stop. That's what I'm saying. Like, it's funny though. This what you, what you guys or what you're talking about right now just makes no. That's only talk right. Yosh won't ever will never choose sides. No, no, no Even no, if no. he knows it's kind of like oh you know you're kind of right on this one, he won't do it until it's like swayed like I'm 95 percent right or 100 percent right. Then Yosh will jump on your side. But yeah. if it's just kind of like ooh you know that's a, you know only 60% right in this subject you know I'm not yeah. gonna jump in I'm just gonna let you guys kind of like yeah. fight it out but, but that's if, why it's funny because yeah. like you know someone will start it like it'll it'll something will move or something needs to be done or it's a game whatever you mm-hmm. know like never can remember what it's about necessarily and then you know you'll start drawing Alex or Alex start drawing at you and then Oliver will start drawing at somebody and then you guys like go back and forth at each yeah. other and it'll escalate and then Yosh will step in yeah and it's funny because I was I was when we were making kind of like why doesn't anybody step in does anybody am I completely wrong and like Dalton will be like no, I was I was on your side. I just didn't want to say anything. I, I don't want to get I don't want to get yelled at by anybody. <laughs> like, yo, man, I just need someone to back me up here, you know. Uh, but it's usually them two kind of like against me. Can you remember like the most comical, at least in your memory, of a time when you guys were arguing about something? Thank you guys for tuning into part one here, the Real Deal Podcast. Make sure to check out paintballaccess.com for all the inside scoop on what's going on in the sport, insight, stories, everything that's going on behind the scenes. We'll see you guys next time.